Hey friends, welcome back to the Black Diamond Podcast. This is your host, Eric Malzone. And this is the show where I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing entrepreneurs, founders, change makers, and people who are just creatively leading the way through innovation. And it's not only about successes and, and great stories, because you'll definitely get those, but it's also about the personal challenges and the vulnerability that we face along the way. So this show is brought to you by Level 5 Mentors, helping entrepreneurs and founders achieve the highest levels of freedom in five different categories, time, money, relationships, health, and purpose. And if you want to find out how you're doing in those five categories, we got you covered. We got a survey for that. Just go to level5mentors.com forward slash survey, and you can take the free entrepreneurial survey and see how you're doing in each category and see where you have room for improvement because, hey, we can always be improving. So welcome to the show. Let's get on to it. All right, Allie Whitman, welcome to the Black Diamond Podcast. Thanks, Eric. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. I've, I've had uh, numerous conversations with you, and it's, I was actually just collecting. It's funny that we're going to be talking about uh, skiing, the ski industry, uh, your background, and this show is called the Black Diamond Podcast, so there's got to be some kind of uh, something something there, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm really keen on digging into what you're doing because, you know, in our conversations that we've had over the last month or two, uh, you know, I love skiing. You have been building a business and a company around your passion for, for the ski lifestyle. Uh, and that's really what this, you know, this interview series in my mind is all about is, you know, people following, um, you know, a line of entrepreneurship that aligns with their values and what they love in life. So, uh, you're going for it and I love it and I'm excited to highlight it here. So usually a, a great place to start Ali would be, you know, give us some of your backstory. How'd you get to be the founder of Avon Ski? And, uh, we'll take it from there. Sure. And thanks again. I'm, I'm very excited to be on the Black Diamond podcast. But going back into my backstory, I have loved to ski since a very young age. I love sort of all things athletic, outdoorsy, and I love traveling. And even with all of that in mind, I was a biology major as an undergrad and went on to cover healthcare stocks upon graduating, went to business school, and then went back into healthcare and finance. But always on the side, I was thinking about how I was going to get my next ski trip in. If there was a possibility that there was a storm while I was an investment banker that would maybe time itself just perfectly on the ski end and also in the in, in New York. So maybe I'd get stuck out there. That happened a couple of times. And then as I, as I continued to work in finance and started to build a family of my own, I always still found I was always making time for those ski trips. And I was always uh, that friend that most people called when they were trying to figure out where they should ski on their own with their kids. And I was often giving advice. And um, I've always had sort of an interest in entrepreneurship. I tried to do a startup initially just out just after finishing my uh, my MBA, and the timing was not quite right then. But so I went back to a traditional job. But increasingly, as I got older and worked more, I realized that I just really wanted to do something that I was super excited about and sort of doing anyway. And so started working on what I thought was like the ideal guide to a resort for a recreational skier. And here we are. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, in your background, I think you're being modest too, because you, if I'm read it correctly, you've got a double major from Stanford and then you went to Harvard Business School, right? Is that correct? That, that is true. That yeah. is, uh, so you've there, been, yes. so you've, been, uh, you've been working hard for a long time because I know both those things don't happen with lack of, of work. 
Um, and then afterwards you got, would you, you do a stint in Wall Street? Did I read that as well? That's correct. So if you want to get into a little more detail, I initially wanted to go to Stanford so that I could play tennis there. Cool. Um, they have, as, as many may know, one of the best tennis teams around. So I was wisely advised that I better start studying. Um, and then, yes, I, I came, went, worked for four years, came back, and then uh, spent uh, several years at Goldman doing healthcare, investment banking, and some leadership consulting. So it, it has been helpful to have a lot of really solid education and also uh, work experience coming into the startup world, especially in the ski industry. Yeah. So you, you went on a limb, you started this company. I know this is, this is full-time. You're all in at this point, right? All in. I started doing it on the side um, in about 2017 and really just felt like I didn't have the bandwidth. I started creating the vision. Um, and I felt increasingly like I was spending my time on this. I had just had my second son and just felt very, very stretched and I was not getting any younger and, and really had to kind of make a call of, you know, can this, can this really work? Yeah. So I think there's, I'm always curious to find out, like when you made the leap, right? When you decided, okay, this is it, I'm going to be, I'm all in and all on ski. And that's what I want to do. I have this vision. Um, you know, there's always kind of two major schools of thought. There's the burn your boats, go all in. Right. Um, there's also the kind of, you know, where I'm more in the secondary camp of like, well, let's be practical about this, right? Like I had in my first business, I carried my second job or my, my primary job for two years and I did both. Um, what has been kind of your mentality towards that, that pursuit? Um, and then what, what was the final decision that you said, okay, now I'm going all in? I think that for me, it was just that that personal balance that I was really struggling to find when I was all in. I'm not good at doing things, I guess, unless I'm all in. So most of the jobs that I had prior to HBS um, really kind of just demanded that you were all in. There was no sort of part-time way to do them. Um, and even like when I when I go running, I you know, just wanted to run casually. And next thing I know, I wanted to run the New York Marathon. So it's really like all or none. For me, I've now done five marathons. And so the same the same kind of approach came with Avanski. I was sort of doing it on the side. I think also having two kids really sort of put things in perspective that I absolutely had to prioritize um, in terms of what I really wanted to do. And uh, in my previous role prior to founding Avanski, I was traveling far more than I cared to be, not going necessarily to ski destinations, but just a lot of time on an airplane. And I also have to acknowledge that I'm extremely lucky in that I had the opportunity. I've worked for a while and have a supportive family and thought this was an appropriate time in my life and career to, to take on the risk and the the more risk, the more reward, I hope. Um, But I feel like this was not something that could really be done just on the side. And I'm fortunate to be able to, to go all in. Right on. Yeah, that's great. You know, so when you, when you started, I guess, putting together the vision or the plan, you know, for, for this company, um, what was the problem? Like, where, where did you, like, there's usually it's a problem that someone's solving for their own purposes, or you notice something in the market. How did you come up with, where did you see the, the hole or the problem that needs to be solved? So the problem really sort of 
came up when I was looking to go somewhere new on a ski trip. And I think just backing up a little bit, multi-resort season passes. And when I say that, when I mean the Epic Pass or the Icon Pass or any sort of ski pass that allows you to ski multiple resorts on the same pass really changed the landscape for what I like to, like our target users, which I like to say are the recreational skiers and snowboarders. So anyone who's skiing, a week a year to maybe a month a year doesn't necessarily have a house anywhere but is willing to kind of travel to go on one or two trips that are really amazing and so for me for a long time i had a couple places i would usually go either vale or park city i had either friends or family that had a place we go to the same place every year and there's nothing wrong with that not really complaining it was great but when these rules are resort passes came in it was like, whoa, all of a sudden I could go anywhere. Like all these resorts that I've heard of, but don't know anything about. And I initially went to Whistler in uh, 20, I think early 2018. And it was like, I got there and this place seemed incredible. There was no snow at all in Vail that year. So it was like, we got to go somewhere else. We're not going to go on our one big trip of the year and not have any snow. And you went to my finance background, literally looked at the analyst reports for ticker MTN, Vail Mountains, to see the snow report and figure out which resort had the most snow that I could go to, found Whistler, and then got there and just felt like, what do I do? Like, I don't know. I have to take out the trail map every two minutes. I don't know where to eat. And I felt like I had to go to like eight, 10 different sites to sort of cobble together a reasonable plan. And I thought there's got to be some site that has everything in one place to go to a different resort. And I, I'm uh, big on analysis paralysis, I guess, with my background and started sort of boiling the ocean to figure out all the other ski sites that could be out there that might have everything you could want to know when you're going to a new resort. And we really found there was, there was nothing that really fit that bill. So that was sort of the problem to solve for is in a nutshell, how do you experience a resort like a local or insider or someone who's been there many, many times for the first time? without it being a major process. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge segment of of the ski industry, really, right? Uh, I mean, where it's, when you started to identify this problem, you probably, just from my insights into who you are, you probably started doing some research. Um, what did you uncover as far as like this particular- just a little. Yeah, this particular slice of, of the ski industry, what did you find out about it? Like its size, the, the, the value of it? Yeah, what did you, what did you uncover? So on the sort of on the positive side, skiing is a is a sizable market. I did a lot of sort of data digging and looked at some research sources, research reports, analyst reports, uh, 10Ks. There's some data services out there uh, to see kind of just how many people were skiing um, and found out there's about uh, sort of. 20 million unique skier visits a year in the, in North America. So on the one hand, I like the fact that this market was very defined as I've gotten deeper and deeper into it. There are definitely a lot of markets that are larger in terms of number of people doing it, but that this was like, you know, a, a sizable segment of the population um, and, and sort of an affluent one that's very passionate about what they were doing. So established that there was in fact a market there. And then if you think about all the gear that people are purchasing um, the rentals, like there's you know, the the food and the beverage component. Like it, it really is like a pretty large swath or a large audience of people that are that are engaged in skiing in some capacity. Yeah, fascinating. So when you look at like I look at your website, you're producing a lot of very useful 
content and knowledge and serving up in a way to this particular audience that's really valuable, right? Um, I guess at this at this critical point, I know you know it's 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 all about eyeballs and serving value, right? What have you learned kind of about the content creation process given this particular market? Is there, um, you know, particular content that they really love? Is it, you know, uh, social media heavy? What are, what are some lessons you've learned so far? I think the, the old adage of content is king is, is absolutely true. Um, and I would say that we have initially, it was hard to get content, but over time as we got a little bit bigger and I did, I probably did the first five to eight resort guides on our site myself. I was like, this is my vision. This is how I want it to look. And I was like, one, I don't know every ski mountain. Two, it's not time efficient. Like there's no way I can do this. I need to get people on board who want to do this. And so finding content creators, um, I've been very pleasantly surprised has not, it's, it's hard to find really good ones, but like we get a lot of interest. I think I initially posted it on our site and then through a couple of uh, job boards where I have the university connections and angel list and was very pleased to see sort of the quality of the people that were interested in helping to build Avant Ski. Um, we were lucky early on to work with Lexi Dowdle, who writes for Ski Utah and Free Skier. And so she helped us with several of our Utah guides. And, and we have another team up in Vermont, Peter and Carrie, who have worked with some of the resorts there that also were really sort of early adapters and onto the content side of this. And that really helped us to kind of establish a bit more credibility and insider knowledge in different regions of the country. Um, and so we've been, we've been building our team to now we have uh, almost 18 people all across North America that are writing content across a variety of topics that that uh, appeal to recreational skiers as well as a number of different resorts. Yeah, you know, I'd love it. I, I'm curious, has there been any surprises when it comes to your content, like articles we were like or pieces of content where like, whoa, I thought that would be good, but I didn't have any idea that it would be that popular. <laughs> Sure. We have this one blog post that was done last summer by Sam Handy, who does a lot of our marketing and social media. And it was just 10 transformative projects currently underway. And this was kind of at a strange time. It was like August of last year, we had finally gotten Avon Ski at a point where I felt like where we knew kind of what our content pipeline was going to be. And we were all excited to act on it. And then everything shut down. And like all summer, we kind of were spinning our wheels being like, what do we do? Are the resorts even going to open? Are they not going to open? Does anyone care about skiing at all anymore? And Sam actually just sort of was like, you know what? I'm just going to write this article. Like, hey, everything is not dead. People are actually still investing capital in ski resorts and like, they're going to, you know, continue these projects. That's got to mean there's like signs of life for the future, even if it's not the immediate future. And so he, he identified together as a team, we identified sort of 10 projects that were underway. I think like one of those projects maybe got sidelined because of COVID, but it was sort of a very optimistic article and that like, this is still happening. These are great projects here, you know, even if it's not next season and that article, you know, we kind of put it up on the blog. And it just started getting, like, people started coming to it more and more. And then eventually we decided to sponsor it on Facebook. And we didn't even really do, like, a real PR or reach out strategy. Like, now we've kind of got a system where if we write about a bunch of resorts, we'll try and contact the resorts. But this one, just we put it out there, and it still gets a lot of hits uh, even today. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it does seem even, you know, in my little bubble here in Whitefish, Montana, it's like uh, they're investing a lot of money in this mountain. I mean, this valley is growing, of course, but there's always projects that seem to be going on. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned, I want to touch on it too, because 2020, I don't, have to say what an odd year it was, but what, uh, how did it, how did you see that it affected a, you know, the way you do business at Avon Ski and then overall the, the industry, the ski industry, how did you see it shift? So, uh, initially, and as I was saying before, we were really just concerned. It was sort of like, did I just sort of give up everything in my day job and put myself, you know, a year and change into, into an industry that's just going to get completely decimated. And then, it's hard to even remember time was sort of at a standstill going very slowly. We started to get some data points that ski resorts were going to open in some capacity. And after spending a lot of time outside last summer, we were very lucky. We went up to Stowe for a couple of weeks and just had an amazing time in the mountains and outside. And, and I don't, and I don't think I was unique. I mean, resorts, national park visits across the country were surging housing and Airbnbs was like hard to come by last summer because everyone was enjoying the great outdoors the way we all should have been for the last many, many years. And so I think early on in that, I was like, you know what, like, it's going to be a bit colder, but skiing is still outside at the end of the day. And yes, we all love our opera. We love our, our experience in the lodge at the end of the day and going out to dinner after we've earned it. But like at the end of the day, skiing kind of in its most old school sense of just being out there on the mountain in nature, um, in the great outdoors, I, I sort of adopted or Avant Ski really adopted this view that, that skiing was going to be one of the best, safest and most fun ways to spend time outside during COVID last winter. And I think that, you know, we like, we told ourselves that I told everyone I met that. And I think I believed it like 90% of the way, but I was still <laughs> a little bit like, I don't know <laughs> if no one can travel and there's these quarantine restrictions and like, you know, some of early on last, you know, February of uh, 2020, some of the biggest COVID outbreaks started at ski resorts. And so like, I was like, I don't know, like, you know, it, it, it could all kind of turn on a dime. And I feel like as the season went on and people got creative and went to more regional resorts that maybe didn't require an airplane, um, you know, the biggest downside, and it was a downside, was that the lines were really, really long at a lot of the ski lifts last year because people were out and they had, had some flexibility in their schedule. So people were out there enjoying the mountains and lift capacity as it should have been was, was sort of like they were loading the lifts um, only a couple people at a time or only related parties. So it could be a longer wait to get up, but it was really truly one of the best possible ways to spend time outside. <laughs> um, so that worked really well for Avonski. Yeah, I but agree. It was not without a lot of pause. <laughs> it, it was, uh, it was a surprisingly good year. I mean, I remember, um, you know, the first couple of weeks of the ski season here. And there was definitely some conflicts uh, in the lift lines with people who didn't want to wear masks, right? Um, and then, you know, the lift operators who want, I was like, oh God, here we go. This is going to be a long, <laughs> it's going to be a long season. Uh, and then it just kind of smoothed out and calmed down and end up being a great season. There was a lot of newcomers to, I'm sure, different resorts. And ultimately, too, it kind of changed the landscape because now people are seeing they're like, well, gosh, and this kind of gets into what you guys have kind of your season pass guide, but people can pick up now and spend two months in a different location and really 
dive deep into a ski resort area in a ski town, which is, you know, changing the industry overall as well. Have you started to see any of those trends taking place in, in the people that you talk to? A hundred percent. We were actually part of that trend. We had the flexibility. I never would have imagined this with small kids to be able to go out. I'm based in, in New York, um, get anywhere easily from here, but it's not the most accessible place to ski. But we went out to Park City for five weeks last winter. And I knew several friends that had done something similar. Uh, we have some contributors, contributors on our site that aren't necessarily full-time in the ski industry. And they were able to also put themselves at places like Big Sky, Sun Valley, Jackson Hole. Uh, one guy that got to spend, it was a New Yorker who spent all winter up at Stowe. So just on our team and sort of anecdotally people that I know, users of our site, we even got some queries I, from several people that were like, this is amazing. Our kids are remote. My job is remote. Which resort should I go camp at for a month? <laughs> and so, so absolutely. I mean, I don't know how much of that will continue for next year, but it was great to see so many people and so many different types of people, people being able to take advantage and uh, get closer to the mountains during the winter. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think that's going to be a, an ongoing trend? Do you think it's going to stick? remote work is here to stay in some capacity. I mean, I, I worked in finance for a, a long, long time, as we talked about before. I know that, you know, there are some, uh, some, some senior people out there that want people back in the office, but I think that the idea to take a longer trip and maybe have a little flexibility when you see that people can actually work effectively remotely, um, will definitely enable people to, to do that. Um, maybe it's a month, a year, or maybe it's just, you know, taking a two week trip instead of a one week trip. But I think that people will be able to sort of work it out with their companies and their managers ways that they can actually be effective out of the office. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope it sticks actually. And that's, um, if I was selfish, I would say, I hope not because I, mean, I am where I am <laughs> because, uh, you know, there's just not a lot of people get here, but, uh, right. if I, I, I do overall hope, because it just seems people just seem happier. You know, my, my wife got granted access to, to work remotely, which is really what allowed us to be nomadic for a period of years. And then finally land handle here. And it's, it's just, what a higher quality of life, just that little ability, even if it's just a month a year, Hey, you can go live somewhere else, be out of the office, but still check in or, you know, do your job for remotely. It's just, it's incredible. Even the little things, right? Like you do your laundry while you're working, or you can put in a crock pot while you're working, right? Like it's little things that really enhance people's quality of lives. But there's a lot of people too, who I know are dying to get back to the office and love that camaraderie and that interaction and, um, or perhaps don't have a really, um, satisfying home life. So the office is kind of a, a escape too. So I don't know, it'll, it'll be really interesting. I'm always curious to get people's different opinions because no one really knows yet, but I think we all right. agree. <laughs> no one does know that we've been looking and we've been looking, talking to a lot of potential partners for, uh, for some sort of housing bookings on our site and, you know, the housing markets in a lot of these ski towns are really kind of going through the roof right now, which, which yeah. doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it does give me even more ammunition to believe that people have are going to maybe not be working remotely always, but having, as you said, that flexibility to do it for a month at a time, which makes having that other property just so much more desirable. Yeah. I mean, 40% here in uh, Whitefish in the Flathead Valley, we saw 40% increase wow. in home values. So there's a stat for you. Um, yes. We're be ahead of that one. But good. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, so 
the vision now, let's let's uh, just for sake conversation, let's put a time on it. Five years from now, Ali, where where do you see Avonsky? What what's the vision for it? Five years from now, it feels like a long time, but but really, I, I want Avonsky to become the go to resource for recreational skiers and riders to plan and enjoy their ski trip. So I kind of want people's thought process at, at that point in time to be like, you know what, I'm thinking about going skiing, and we're working on some sort of uh, algorithms to help you go in and you open it up and it'll sort of ask you a few questions, and then we'll be able to predict which resort you may want to go to. But really want people to kind of check with us no matter where they're going, whether they've been there before or thinking of going somewhere new. Like I really want our insider tips to be sort of that we were a little bit of like that eater on the, on the food side and a little bit of like the trip advisor um, in terms of, you know, where to go or working on where to stay and really want to become like a one-stop travel media site that is sort of a recognized brand we're starting to uh, create and give away and eventually sell more swag. We've started with hats and with, uh, with buffs, um, but, you know, to create more merchandise and stickers so that we become a recognizable brand, like sort of like have the Avant ski um, seal on the window, like the Yelp seal for some of the bars and restaurants that we're recommending. Yeah, that'd be really, I love that. I love that vision. Yeah. And you know what, uh, you know what skiers love? Stickers. Stickers. Uh, yes. Well, we have lots of stickers. <laughs> Definitely head to the Avon Ski website. If you're really dying to check one down, we do otherwise look for an Avon Ski person at the slopes. This, this past year, we couldn't sort of get out and do as much in-person stuff, but we're also sure. looking forward in the, you know, this coming season to start to have some Avon Ski sponsored happy hours so we can get together in person with our locals and insiders and connect them to the people on the resort and certainly hand out stickers while we're doing that. Yeah. Happy hour. You got me. Happy hour. Yes. Um, so as uh, you know, this will probably be, let's see, today is June 8th, 2021. So we'll probably release this sometime in the next 30 to 45 days. So that puts us into July. Um, you know, you mentioned that you have some things coming out in that time frame, like a season pass guide that people can start to check out and, and resource as they start to make some decisions. But tell us, like, what what can they expect with that? What does that look like? Sure. So it's never too early to start thinking about your next ski trip, I like True. to say. And it can feel really like that's not the case in the middle of the summer. But hopefully in a lot of places, it's so hot, you'll be thinking about your next ski trip. But seriously, by, by July, we will have out, um, we have it out now, but we have a season pass guide. So you can go on there and look at all of the information on the different multi-resort season passes all in one place, all the details. And then we have a personalized recommendation tool. So fill out the answer to a few questions and we will, within 24 hours, send you a recommendation on which pass you should get, why you should get it, what sort of the economic value of it is. So um, that'll be fun. We also, uh, around that time frame, will be coming out with a lot more um, information and uh, content dedicated to college students. We have a guide for Northeast college students where they should go skiing and sort of top resorts for them and by category done by some Northeastern skiers. And we have some Ivy League racers uh, helping us out this summer to to build that out and to expand it to some of the schools in Utah and Colorado. Um, so that'll be sort of a fun new area for us ahead of back to school for the college students. 
Um, that's two things. And then the third thing is just, we're going to increasingly get into gear and have more geared guide gear guides out for the recreational skier. Again, who's not the expert of the pro, but wants to kind of get that starter set of skis or boots. So we'll have some cool, uh, features on that, some interviews with some of the people that, uh, have this gear to really kind of give that insider perspective. Oh, cool. I love ski gear. It's like my favorite thing. Um, now you've you've skied at a bunch of different places. You've numbered, you know, named a few just in this interview alone. But do you have any all time favorites? You know, from a personal standpoint of where? Well, let me ask you this: your your what's one of your favorite all time mountains? And then what's one mountain that you're dying to get to? Oh, so I, I say it on the site, so it's not original. Like, ask me if I have a favorite child, which I don't. <laughs> but <laughs> it's hard. I mean, you have to have the conditions and the scene but i would say my favorite new resort that i visited this year that i had never been before was snow basin um just so giant and such a gem the lodges were amazing um the sea the views are amazing lunch was great there's nowhere really to stay right there but it was worth it to drive from anywhere to experience just such a, a world-class amazing resort it was great for me and i I like to say I can ski anything. It's not always pretty, but I can get down it. And, <laughs> and we, we went up to the Lone Tree Bowl there and the views were striking and I, I made my way down that chute. It was really super fun. And it was also just great for the whole family too. My son was lucky enough to try a bunch of different ski schools in Utah that winter and, and he absolutely loved his time at Snow Basin. Um. That and then Big Sky is is it's very very big no doubt about that and it's one of the biggest resorts that I have not been to yet. We actually just put a new guide up on our site uh, to Big Sky and that is actually a little bit of an occupational hazard. Here is when I help get a guide up to a resort that I've never been to. It like there's nothing I can think of more than wanting to get to that particular resort. So hopefully that one will happen this coming season. Yeah, Big Sky's outstanding. We spent uh, five days there uh, two seasons ago. It just happened to be this incredibly cold snap. It was like two weeks where everything was in the net, well in the negative. So it was beautiful. It's humongous. Uh, we didn't get to see a lot of it just due to, uh, you know, if it was in the shade, you were advised not to be there. Um, but oh, it's cool. Oh, my goodness. And wow. the, uh, yeah, I mean, it's overwhelmingly big. I think it's like 6,200 acres or something like that. So, um, yeah, well, let me know if you get out there. Wow. Uh, I will. You might sound like you might need to make another trip. I do. So I, do. Uh, I need to go when there's a big meetup again out there. Yes. That's always, <laughs> that's always the aspiration. <laughs> it is. Uh, awesome. Well, Ali, if, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're going for it, you're doing it, you're creating a great brand. Um, I have no doubt that it's going to be highly successful and, uh, really kudos to you for, you know, following something that you, really enjoy you know uh it's great it's uh, and the ski industry definitely needs it i think in this particular niche especially uh if people want to get a hold of you or uh or just yeah give us where do, where do you want to send people online give us uh give us the goods uh i would love it if everyone wanted to head to www.theavantski.com um or you know come visit us and follow along on instagram the avant ski Cool. Well, Ali, thank you so much for spending part of your uh, Tuesday with me. Uh, it's been a lot of fun and uh, congratulations on all the success so far. And ladies and gentlemen, Ali Widman.
Eric, thank you so much. It's been wonderful to talk to you. 